Welcome to the OC Endurance Podcast. My name is Chris, along with my co-host Austin and Tony. Episode number 22. How are you guys doing? That's a lucky number. That's it. Double know. deuces. Number two. Double deuces. Double There's deuces. deuces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How's everybody doing? Doing good. Doing good. Yeah, that's great. Glad to see a bunch of you guys this, this weekend. I know. On the... Uh, on the bike, on the rainy bike, on the yeah, I got that that shower, and then uh, nice. you skipped the rainy run. Oh yeah, I was going to do that. I don't know why. Um, anybody was was going to decide to do that. I had fully changed, and was was about to leave my car. This is on Sunday, by the way. Sun, Sunday Bay Shore, we all kind of swam, and then we were supposed to run after. And I got back to my car. Chris and Sujin, you guys had already taken off. Yeah, I got there started. and had, I only got a few hours sleep on, on Saturday night and uh, I just had no desire to swim. It really wasn't on the schedule. It was just like, I don't want to do this. So yeah, I did, uh, I think I did 1,200 yards or something. It was like, yeah. I'm done. I'm going to run. And, and I didn't realize Eric was going to follow me. Yeah, yeah. He was, he was debating. He's like, do I, do I not, do I? And then he, you came up and he's like, all right, I'm going. Oh yeah. See, I didn't, uh, I didn't know he was with me at all. I wasn't <laughs> planning on it. So like I just kept going and then I got to like the 1500 turn around and I was like, I'm just gonna go to that next buoy. And then I just kept swimming. And then I stopped basically at that, at that other wall, um, on the other side of the boats because I couldn't, they moved the buoy again. <laughs> and so I was like, God damn it. Wh- where's, where is it? And then like, there was one buoy off in the distance that I can kind of see. And then there was like, well, another one of swim buoys over to my left. And I was like, okay, that's moved. That's crazy out there. And so I was like, no, this is good enough. Whatever. I'll just turn. And then as I'm like turning back around, I look and I, I see Eric coming. I'm like, oh, I guess I'll just wait for him here. Then like, I don't want him to, you know, get confused of where I stopped. But I didn't realize he was going to, he was following. So then, yeah, we regrouped there and then swam back. Yeah, the water was pretty clear. I was, uh, I was surprised, you know, sitting, you know, looking down at my feet. I feel like as it, as it gets colder, it gets clearer for some reason. I don't know. But. Yeah. No, I, I feel the same, same way. Um, there's probably less growth because this, you know, obviously the sun's not beating on it so much. And so there's not much green growing down there, but it was, it felt really cold getting in, but then like within the first like two minutes, it just felt warm and comfortable. The yeah. It was time. good once we started swimming. Um, yeah, it did feel a little cool getting in, but, yeah. but it, the but yeah, weather so was kind of cool. It was kind of, I don't know if it, it wasn't really breezy at that point. I didn't even think it was going to rain. So I, we probably got 20 minutes into the run, you know, I just passed warm up, and, uh, we went, when we went out, we went down the other direction towards the breaker wall, mm-hmm. you know, so we ran that way, knocked out that two miles real quick and then, you know, got on the strand there in, in Long Beach and, and then as soon as I started my interval sets, it just unleashed and it was coming down. <laughs> I hadn't run in the rain like that in a long time. So Yeah, I've run that. Well, Finland. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. Uh, yeah. Although I that was on the bike. I felt like it, it wasn't raining that hard for me on the on the on the run, but that is true. I did run in the rain on Finland. I forget I've tried to kind of wipe that out of my memory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I got back to the car. I changed and I was literally about to lock up the car and like it started coming through. And I was like, 
uh, I looked at the sky and I was like, okay, this, this will probably blow through pretty quick. Let me just jump in the car real quick. So I jumped in the car and I started waiting it out and it just got worse and worse. And then like, it, and it really started dumping down. And I was like, <laughs> Oh my God, what the hell's going on? And so then I just kind of like peeking through the sunroof and it looked like it was just sitting over me. And I was like, okay, let me like wait another two minutes and season that I saw Eric walking up from his, you know, from his swim. And, uh, I waited maybe like another two minutes and then like another like hard downpour started coming down. And I just, I was like, this isn't stupid. Like, I know it's beautiful back home. I can, I can look towards home and see how pretty it looks over I there. I know that was the worst because you could see out under the clouds, like where the break was way off in the, in the, in the far away, which was Orange County. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's always pretty in, in Orange County, yeah. uh, and so yeah, I was like, I'm I'm going home. I'm I was fully changed, and I was like, I'm going home. And so yeah, I came home and uh, and ran the river trail, and I then I, I um I saw Chris, um, Sackus Sackus Sackus. Well, yeah, he was riding his cunt wheels. Um, <laughs> so I, he, he yelled out to me as I was running. Uh, and so I got, I got my run in and actually it, it started like drizzling a little bit as I was like finishing my run, but it never really rained over here. It was just, it was just pretty and perfect. Yeah. yeah. It was a weird weekend here. I mean, we were at the angel game Saturday night and it was drizzling, not enough to stop the game, but you know, it's just kind of rained on and off the whole time. So yeah. Speaking of suckus, those angels suckus, don't they? <laughs> oh so man, bad. that was that was the battle for last place, is what it was. It was their second to last right. game playing Oakland, who is last place. Yeah, but they're and so then, far behind. It, it, it didn't it, matter. The first seven innings, I was so happy. The first seven innings went by. There was like not a single hit. It just you know strike after strike after strike. It was like seven inning stretch. I was like, this is the best game ever because I'm not a baseball fan. I'm like I'm gonna be at home by eight <laughs> thirty. And then the last two innings, there were uh, nine. Or ten points scored, and it you know I was like oh, really God. baseball. Well, fan yeah, it was like runs. one to one to one. Or I'm sorry, <laughs> runs. There you go. I'm a little baseball fan. Yes, um, yeah. And then all of a sudden, I start panicking. Right, it, it's tied. I'm like, oh dear God, no ties, no ties, and we got to go to extra innings. This thing's never going to end. And then yeah, then it was three three. I'm like, oh my God, and more ties. And uh, yeah, so finally, finally, it ended. <laughs> because <laughs> at first I was like this is going to be crazy it's going to be a no hitter it's going to be zero zero. It'll be uh, be done and then I started then I realized like oh wait they don't end on ties this isn't soccer <laughs> yeah I, I can't be dragged to a baseball game There's oh. there's got to be an amazing reason for me to be at a baseball game and I can't think of one yeah. I mean I guess if a really good friend had a wedding at a baseball game I'd probably show up to that maybe if there was a funeral at a baseball game for a good friend to that. <laughs> Every baseball game is like a funeral. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, there's got to be a really, really good reason for me to show up to a baseball game. Yeah. Well, well cool. Well, what's going on with you, Austin? You were down there, uh, planes flying over all weekend long. Yeah, man. It was a great weekend. It's That's probably one of my favorite weekends, seeing the, the air show. And we go down both days on the weekend, sit there and watch it and... It was weird on Saturday because we got the downpour on Saturday. Uh, the show actually got delayed and everything, and my group were whining. And I was like, well, it's really not that bad. Your skin's waterproof. You'll be fine. you know." And then it ended up clearing up on Saturday, and they finished up the show. But yeah, I didn't get any of the rain on Sunday. Um, when Tony said downpour, I was like, 
that's that's weird it's like i saw maybe a light drizzle when i was doing my run but it was really clear and no issues and i kind of looked up north just a little bit and i was like oh it looks like it's raining up there a little bit so. <laughs> it, it certainly yeah, was so, yeah, it was interesting weather but it's clear now so hey it's supposed to be warm this week so that's great but yeah that's uh just another weekend really nothing yeah, crazy you kept, you kept posting all those clips from the year show hell yeah man I just kept thinking, America, fuck exactly. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we had, it's, it was nice Sunday because the first part of the, the day, it was a little overcast. There weren't a ton of people down there and then the sun came out. It was a beautiful day and then everybody showed up. So I was kind of hoping yeah. they'd stay away for a little bit, but nope. <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, you know, I guess it's, it's officially fall or local summer as I call it here and got my pumpkin spice latte and yeah no it's funny because it's cooling down and then all of a sudden in the next week it's going to be 90 again or you know high 80s yeah. 90 this week so yeah as soon as you think it's almost over it heats back up another week well, yeah. Yeah. i leave for chicago on friday and it's supposed to be like a high of high of like 50s and low 42s like in yeah. chicago in chicago <laughs> for the weekend I'm like that's a score that's awesome running weather yeah after you warm up after the first right. 10 minutes yeah. getting out ooh that's that's tough and that that what i call cold yeah but tony's you know he's got his crew he stands there with his park on last second takes it off hands it to somebody right yeah you know, you know, stand out in the cold. <laughs> he just throws it down. He gets a new one every time he runs. Right? I, I just have, I just have dump gear that I wear. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's it's, a good idea. Yeah. Old race, old giveaway race gear. Yeah. I mean, again, we're on start so much. I, I'd probably see all the homeless guys with all my old race shirts on <laughs> from all the gear that I dump over the years. <laughs> Those guys are like, yeah, go race more. Getting more shirts. That is one of those funny things. If you ever see like New York Marathon, you know, you see people at the start just like throwing their stuff off to the side. I'm like, man, I got to go to one of these races one time and just start. I bet you there's some really good stuff out there. You Scooping know I mean? stuff up. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe an old Boston jacket or something. You know? <laughs> I don't know if people are dumping that. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm kind of debating what do I bring for, um, I'm, I'm at a, kind of out of a dump sweaters right now. Uh, so yeah, Chicago is going to be an interesting one. I used my last, I think, good dump sweater for Boston this past year because it, it was cold. So I had a dump sweats and, and a sweater and, a, and I think and a beanie that I had. Yeah, see, so. I think at this point, if I was if I was out of stuff or I needed stuff, I'd just go to Goodwill, spend mm -hmm. 20 bucks and, you know, yeah. call it that's a what day. I, that's what I did in uh, in St. George. Um, I went and, and went to like a, a thrift shop right before, like the day before St. George and I got a beanie for like two bucks. I got some, uh, a really, actually a really good, uh, Nike sweater for like 10 bucks. And I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. But it worked out. You're like, I don't want to dump this. Yeah. I'll find something else. <laughs> Well, so you're just coming off, well, you're coming off taper. So you're coming off peak week, but, uh, we, we've got, we did get some questions. So I wanted to bring up real quick, uh, if you submit questions, we're trying to work on a program where we'll pick someone and, and send something to you. But, uh, if you send us questions at podcast at ocendurance.com, then, uh, then if we answer them, we've got to, we've got to figure out our, our little program, but we did get a couple questions this week. And uh, the first one, since uh, I guess I'm in peak week, maybe one more. I feel like I peak all the way until race week for 
I don't really start my taper until the the week, kind of the seven days leading in. Um, but the question was, is uh, do we have any tips for mental, mental and physical tips for kind of getting through peak week? Well, I mean, it's important to take care of your body, right? If you're doing these big training sessions and maybe not eating right or eating at the right times. You know, I know for me, like I'm not always really hungry after maybe a big ride or a big run. And so I kind of have to force myself to eat a little bit because I know that that's going to help me, you know, feel better a after the session and into the next session or next day. Um, if I'm just finished a session and just go sit on the couch and it's usually not great for my mental health. So I try to do something else, you know, whether it be chores around the house or just get out, you know, meet up with friends or something like that. I think if you try to focus too much on training outside of the actual session, it gets kind of monotonous almost, you know, and I think it kind of wears on your mind. So it's a weird thing too, right? Because as much as you're training your body, you're training your mind for all this stuff as well. So I don't know, staying, staying active in that sense and getting things that take your mind off of training a little bit are always really good for me. Um, I, I love the training and I love to do it, but I also like to split it up with other things. You know? Yeah. I think on the nutrition thing for me, it's easy, I think through training to, to skimp on nutrition here and there, right? I've got a long ride or whatever. You don't feel quite properly, um, or a run. Um, for me, I think when you're in that peak, cause I'm always kind of in that cutting mindset, right? I'm always kind of trying to be careful. And, um, but during the peak weeks leading in there, I think it's important if you have those workouts stacked, right? Morning sessions or multiple session, morning session, evening session or multiple session is to make sure for me that I'm fueling properly. So that doesn't kind of start to add up towards the end of that. Because I, I used to, I mean, I'm kind of going through it right now where last week I started to kind of feel a little sick. Right. I always feel like I go through that little bit of a cold flu right towards the end of a big block of training as it's all building, um, which is I'm okay with now because it's just a couple of weeks. I'm still a couple of weeks out, um, three weeks, I think. But, you know, fueling properly through that time just to make sure you're able to recover. You got any thoughts, Tony? I think, yeah, just big on. Um again, on, on recovery meals. So echoing kind of the same thing that you guys are talking about. I like having a recovery shake right when I get back. Uh, cause it's, it's the quickest way to be able to get those nutrients replenished and, and back into your body is, is some type of shake. Um, I use the momentous recovery, which is actually really good. Um, chocolate flavor, which I'm not a big chocolate fan, but that works out really, really well and it mixes well and it goes down easy. So, Oh, is that a sponsor? Ad read. Oh, Momentous. look at that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's, that's I, I think the biggest thing is, is fueling properly after your workouts. I think people wait or they want to clean up first or, you know, let me shower and change and, you know, whatever it may be. But just get something into your body to help start that recovery process and, and prepare you for the next session. Obviously, with, with it being such a, you know, with you being in, in a peak week there's going to be something else that day or later that day that you need to get to and and be ready for and then be ready for the next big day so yeah and i know it's hard probably more hard for for women than it is for us guys but 
try not to look at the scale so much, you know, like you, you need to fuel properly and the weight's yeah. going to add some, some, I stopped looking some fuel. like a week or two before the race. Right. <laughs> it's just like, just load up, especially after the weekend. It actually came up in discord, right? Um, people talking about it's the worst Monday, Tuesday, you weigh yourself after a big weekend and you've got inflammation, you got a bunch of water retention and you know, the scale always goes up Monday and Tuesday if you've got huge stacked weekends. Mm-hmm. Well, and it, and also, I mean, not just for talking about peak week, but taper week, when you start to cut back and you're used to fueling for all these bigger workouts, maybe your appetite's now accustomed to eating bigger and now you're not working out as much because you're tapering and you're trying to recover and, and prep for that, that event that's coming up, your weight's going to go up a little bit. And, and that's but I okay. think that's okay, right? Yeah. yeah you're absorbing okay. the fitness, you're repairing the muscles, you're, yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Easier for us to say. Again, I think we're. Yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. Well, that it's funny because I had a thought on that because I was thinking about it this week because I just started taking um, some new vitamins. I, you know, there was a company that you mentioned that I had looked at previously because I was looking for a company that, uh, which it's funny, whenever I do videos and I talk about vitamins, I always get the comments of, well, you just eat healthier. You don't need to take a bunch of vitamins, right? You know, there's always those, that, that thought. And right. That's great. Uh, you know, I, I take vitamins more from the sense of just topping things off, make sure mm-hmm. I'm not missing anything. And I was telling uh, Austin over the weekend we were writing. Yeah, you know, I used to try and pick. It's like, okay, I'm going to take turmeric. I'm going to take this. I'm going to take that. And I was buying all of these pills, but uh, I just got in that mode where I got tired of one would run out, and then I've got to buy another one. So I've been looking for okay, what is this multivitamin? And I had seen animal, and then you mentioned it. I think when we were in Finland, you were taking mouthfuls and mouthfuls and mouthfuls of vitamins, and I was like, all right, what the hell are you doing over there? <laughs> so then it got on my mind supplements, right? You know, what are, what are some of the supplements that, that we are taking, um, as a, as a thought along with peak week and recovery and those things. So I just recently started taking the animal pack multivitamin, which is seven or eight pills. And then, uh, I, I messaged Tony this week. I'm like, all right, I started taking this and, uh, you know, what was the other one? And he, and he said animal flex, um, and he said it was because he was old. And I said, well, then I don't need that one. <laughs> but I immediately went on and bought it. And, uh, and now I've got another six pills to take. So it is a lot of pills to choke down. Uh, I have to spread it out a little bit. Otherwise, I get full just on taking pills. Yeah. So I started with Animal Flex and Animal... Well, I started with Animal Pack back like when I was lifting and... and, and yeah, it's very CrossFit-ish, right? Or, or fitness, uh, weightlifting. Yeah, very much weightlifting. company. Yeah. yeah. And um, so I started with, with them when I was lifting. And then I had... Um, like I was trying to like be part of like a 300 club of uh, benching. So you bench 300, incline 300, decline 300. And, um, and during that process, I... I I got, I broke 300 on, on all, but I, during that process, my wrist started giving me a lot of problems and I was talking to one of the other guys and he's like, Oh, you should, you should try animal flex. And so I was like, all right, cool. So I jumped on animal flex within the first like three weeks, the wrist pain went away and I was like, Oh, this is awesome. Cool. Took it away. And then I cycled off and then the wrist pain came back and I was like, no way. And so then like I had, I bought another, another canister and it went away again. And then I ran out and it's cycled off and two weeks later, damn wrist pains back. And I was like, this is stupid. So, um, that was probably when I was like, 
maybe 26, 27, I've been on Animal Flex ever since. Cause I'm like, there's no point in me cycling yeah. up this stuff. If it's taking away this wrist pain that I'm having, it's probably doing wonders for all my other joints. Um, and so I've just continued it throughout. Yeah, that's interesting whole, because like, that's always the hard part about vitamins, right? I feel like yeah. you start taking stuff and you don't know if it's doing anything. Right. Uh, other than uh, your piss turns extremely yellow or orange, right? That's about the only <laughs> visible benefit that you get when you start taking a bunch of vitamins. And uh, so th that's working. My piss is super yellow now. Yeah. So I don't, <laughs> I don't uh, so it's always questionable is this crap? So I go through that mode of where I'm like, I'm going to take vitamins and I take vitamins and take them and take them. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I don't know if this is doing anything. So I stopped taking them. And so it's always super questionable whether, and I started feeling sick. So then I was like, all right, I got to jump back on. Let me, let me take. So I, I bought both of those canisters. And the cool thing about those, they come in like 33 packs or 30, 33. They have 30 and 44, but mm. packs in a canister. And it's like a coffee can almost. And so it's super simple just to grab those packs, which was always a pain in the butt opening all the different bottles. And I had the little pill box and all that crap. So, um, Yeah. So is there anything else or how about you, Tony? Are you taking any, or not Tony, Austin, are you taking any vitamin type uh, pills? Yeah. Yeah. I have a morning regimen I do and I actually do, um, greens, which, you know, some people think it's kind of snake oil, but. Like AG1? AG1? Uh, it's, it's actually BPN. All right. Oh, um, yes. Nick yeah, Bear. I actually really, yeah. I actually really like it. I, and at first I was super skeptical, right? I, I was like, oh, I don't need this. I. I take plenty of fiber into my diet and I started taking it and it's, it's great for, you know, first thing in the morning and gets everything going. So I enjoy that, especially for like race morning. That's kind of the first thing I'll do is drink that. Um, I've got, I bought a bottle of the greens, the, from Nick bear and it tastes really good. good. Yeah. yeah. I like yeah. the greens. I've never tried the strong reds, but I've, I've done the greens. Yeah. The reds didn't seem to do a whole lot for me. So I, I, I skipped, I skipped out on those. Um, but the other things I take, so I take uh, magnesium both in glycinate and citrate form. I take vitamin D. I take uh, astaxanthin, which is an anti-inflammatory. Chris, I was talking with you a little bit about that. And then I also take ashwagandha. So those are that's another anti-inflammatory. So, uh, you know, a couple of whenever different I things. Think of, whenever I hear that one, I think of like an herb or something, like you're smoking it. I don't know why <laughs> ashwagandha makes could. me think of something. <laughs> Uh, so I take all those just in, I think that's, uh, ends up being nine pills. Is it something like that total? Cause it's two pills for some of them. So I just take all that one big handful in the morning. And, and like you were saying, I don't, it's funny cause you don't, you don't feel it right until you stop taking it. That's kind of where I've noticed it. Like Tony was saying, oh, well I stopped taking this and the wrist pain came back and I can tell like my sleep will be off if I missed a morning that night my sleep will be off or, you know, maybe I start getting a, you know, cramps in the middle of the night or something in my calves because I didn't take enough magnesium, things like that. Um, and I'm like, Oh, I didn't take my pills this morning. Did I, but it's a pretty, you know, standard practice for me. I, I don't, I can't remember the last time I've missed it, but I do notice if I don't take something. So yeah, but, I, and those are just things that I've picked up over the years, I think that list has grown. I think I started with just ashwagandha and maybe one magnesium form and then just kind of added things in and it's all seemed to work pretty well. So nice. Yeah. I've been looking at different, uh, magnesium, um, 
pills or powders. Is it uh, pillar? Is it pillar performance? They've got yeah, the the one they've triple been, magnesium. I, I feel like I've been seeing. Yeah, the triple magnesium, and it wasn't in stock, so I didn't buy and um, wait for it. But I've been looking for a magnesium supplement to take in the evening before going to sleep to kind of help sleep. Yeah, um, you can make that formula too. It's I think it's two hundred milligrams or something, but it's it's the three forms: citrate. Uh, glycinate and phthalate, I think is the la- is the third one. I can't remember the third one off the top of my head, but you could take all three of those, and they actually have that triple magnesium in pill form too. So you could do it in okay. the powder or the pill form. So yeah, I could- was looking for the pill one because uh, you know I thought about doing powder because I, I one of the other things I do is uh, pretty regularly I take an evening um, protein shake, like right towards the end of the day. Um, I got in the habit back again in the weightlifting doing, um, casein protein in the evening and, um, taking that with, um, like PB fit or some sort of peanut butter or something like that before I go to bed, like 30 minutes before I go to bed. So, um, I thought about mixing the magnesium in with that. And the cool thing about the casein protein, if you get one that tastes good is it's kind of like a little dessert, right? If you're craving that sweet thing before you go to bed or, you know, uh, so it kind of tops me off, go to bed full. I hate going to bed hungry. So yeah. <laughs> what yeah. are you laughing at? Awesome. There's there a few things there. I was, I was just, <laughs> All right, yeah, I was like, know. what did I, what did I say? I'm like trying to talk and not, I'm like, oh man, what did I say? What did I step in? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. Let this go. Yeah. No, come on. <laughs> no, probably not. We um, everyone sponsors. Yeah. Um, but I, I also add fish oil pills. So I, I take fish oil and then I also add like beetroot. Is the fish oil, one of the pills feels like a fish oil pill in the flex. I just got the flex, I think yesterday or the day before. And I noticed one of the pills does feel like a a fish oil pill. I didn't read through what all of are in there. So I don't don't, know if you're taking an additional, because it's, you know, the, the soft gel type pill. So I figured it was a, if it's flex, I thought it might be the fish oil. Maybe Mm -hmm. not. I did just see that report that came out that, I don't know, what is it? Like 80 or 90% of all fish oil is, is rancid by the time you take it. (laughs) Yeah. There's some report they went through all yeah. the brands, and so um, it's kind of interesting to see that most of it's actually rancid before you. And that's why it, that's what makes your breast smell like shit. Yeah, one of the reasons. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah probably I, found, I found one that doesn't taste bad. It's it's an organic one, and it's, it costs a little more, but it's a uh, it doesn't taste bad, doesn't smell bad, and uh, like I've been on this one now for God, I don't know at least probably like five six years. So if it's Organic. It's uh, the fish are organic as well. They're not eating any. Uh, they're not farm raised fish. Uh, they're vegetarian. Yeah, yeah they're vegetarian yeah. fish. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> they're vegan. <laughs> do, do you guys take any um, things specifically for anti-inflammatory? Like I, I do the ashwagandha and the astaxanthin. Did do you guys have anything? Twenty four hundred milligrams of ibuprofen a day. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> I, I don't take anything specifically, but yeah. Yeah, I was, I was talking to Chris about the astaxanthin, which was recommended to me by a, a former pro triathlete. And it's actually, it acts as a like a natural sunscreen too, to a certain degree. So that's always kind of nice, like on long rides and things. I don't have to worry too much about putting on a bunch of sunscreen and stuff. It repels pretty well. So, but that one's been kind of, it's expensive, but it's, it's very interesting. Uh 
You guys ever try that? Um, was it like first endurance that Optogen HP? It's supposed to be like a like a VO two max increase thing. You know, it's like one of those this, type things. Oh, this interesting. Like the uh, the burn pills they always sell. Like take this and you'll burn fat. Like something like that. It's. I mean, I guess it's in the realm of. Um, bullshit pills that you could potentially take. Well, that's but like the X endurance. They remember they made that one that is supposed to block or help with um, lactic acid. It's yeah. one of those ones you just don't know, right? Yeah, yeah. There's that one, and then what? EPO boost was another one that there's like that's out there. Yeah, like, the, like boost your natural EPO. Yeah. yeah, there was a mushroom I had heard about. I, I bought it at one point and tried it that they they say helps with like VO2 max and endurance, uh, you know, grows at some super high elevation and, uh, you know, there's been research that it helps boost endurance. Cetera, and you have to eat it or smoke it? <laughs> <laughs> They're magic. Uh, exactly. The Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> yeah, I have not done any real mushroom supplements. Have you guys done any of that? Like mind, uh, focus, any of those? You know, I always hear them. I'm like, eh, that's kind of interesting. Are we calling those supplements now? Is that yes. They're <laughs> mind altering. Uh, oh, you, you're talking like chaga, rishi. Yeah, any of, the, any of those of types stuff. of mushroom uh, supplements. Yeah, I, I, had, I tried, tried it well, maybe two or three years back just thinking like, oh, this is going to be great for mental clarity. And I didn't notice any difference. So yeah, that was kind of snake oil to me. I'm not saying it doesn't work. There's no scientific data, but I, I, nothing for me. Yeah. Nothing, nothing for me on that front. What about Chris, uh, Chris, cause you're older. Do you ever, tr have you tried the, <laughs> uh, the Tonka Ali or the Fadoja? Like, you know, like Huberman's been pushing that stuff for mm. like boosting your natural testosterone levels and stuff like that. No, I have not. I need to look that up. I mean, being old and stuff like that. I thought you were going to make a different blue pill joke or some crap like that. No, <laughs> no. I would never kill one of our sponsors. Blue chew. I just figured that was in your guys' daily routine. <laughs> no, I, I, well, I took one, I did one cycle of it because um, Huberman was on um, a podcast that I, I watched, listened to. Blue chew? <laughs> no, I haven't tried blue chew. Um, but you know, if you see Nadia laid up on a recovery week for a while, for a while you, you know what happened. Uh, um, <laughs> All right, we'll mark that and uh, edit that. <laughs> uh, mute my microphone. Uh. Um, no, but uh, so they they were on like he was on flagrant um, with Andrew Schultz and like I love that podcast and so they were talking a lot about um Tonkali and Fedosia and, and and so he actually um partnered with Momentus. Hey, another ad read Momentus. Um of of you know their their vitamins. And so like I I when I was ordering one of my recovery um proteins, I'd I'd order a supplement or a, a supply, a 60 day supply of that. I don't know if I really noticed a difference to be quite honest. Um but I didn't do any like blood testing before or after which i think that's the only way to really really tell and there's there's one guy like on youtube who actually did tests like he did blood tests before and after and it, it increased his his natural t levels quite a bit so i thought that was interesting i'll send I mean, you I've seen, off. is it there's one with an r that i researched at some point that i added in it's like i don't know revezerol i can't remember what it's called but it's a, it's another one of the supplements along with zinc and things like that that they say help 
boost natural testosterone. Um, and that was one of the ones when I was doing the whole, you know, turmeric and, in you know, the seven or eight pills I was taking, mm -hmm. um, that was some of, some of the things I put in there because I did see that those were listed as helping boost testosterone and astral, but haven't taken any others. Um, well, going down, nothing we can talk about on here. <laughs> I mean, anyways, <laughs> but going down, I guess kind of that same sort of recovery peak week, all that sort of stuff. Do you guys, anything special in your diet that, that you consume on a regular basis? Um, organs, stuff like that, anything like that? particular like red organ meat. meat or like yeah like do you, is there anything things you guys, like that yeah do you guys swear by oh liver is king that's what that, i'm saying is that, is that the, <laughs> the route you're going down raw liver raw, raw, raw liver. liver and bull nuts and have you done any of the beets like what's the beet company he it was, was tony was just saying that yeah, yeah okay. the beet, I, the beet I take beetroot beetroot okay and yeah. then i well so i take beetroot and then like during training stuff i take all red is that the one you're thinking of <sighs> they're big in the the ultra. I, I remember when I was doing ultras, they were they they sponsor or they you know they have the ambassadorship and they had reached out and wanted to send me samples. I was like, oh, I should try that because a couple of the big runners were pushing. Beet have you seen the supplements on the beet thing? The black currant powder. Have you guys seen that yet? No. That's supposed to really help with endurance. It's I think it's called like two before. I think is the brand, hmm. and it's black currants and it's like a I guess it's really good for like your pre run sort of drink or mix or whatever you take and it's supposed to really help with endurance i again don't know the science behind it i've just seen it and seen people pushing that so i thought that was kind of interesting mm. nope i haven't tried that but yeah I use, I use the alt red like during training and then during racing i race with it as well so that's that's a pretty much a, a standard for me Nice. All right. Well, we got one more question, then we'll talk about some of the topics we had. And it was in regards to um, supporting athletes. We've got some folks that are doing some of their first Ironmans, and they've got family, a variety of family, right? You could have uh, folks that have smaller kids, maybe parents or uh, grandparents. So you've got potentially elderly folks. They're going out for uh, a full Ironman. Could be a long day, could be a 16 hour day out there. Um, and the question was kind of tips that we have or shoes, you know, or potentially our spouses or significant others, family, things like that, that we, we might have to share for helping them uh, prepare for being out there and getting around course and, and all of that type of stuff. So uh, I'll throw that over to you guys to give some comments. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. Um, I, I've only sherped a, a few times and typically it's for Nadia and I'm able to stay really close kind of throughout the race uh you know i'll be there for swim entry and exit and then i'm usually driving the bike course because i'm i'm like roaming sag for the race so i get to see her quite a bit and, and help other athletes along the way and then i you know I'll, I'll jump out and i can i can run you know portions of the run course or to to you know see her multiple times so i think that's it's tough for me to speak on because when I'm just one person alone, I'm not, I don't have kids I need to drag around or anybody else I need to worry about. I don't have elderly parents that. Yeah. The smaller the know, group, the easier for sure. Yeah. Right. If you're trying to cart 10 people around that, that, that right there becomes a logistical nightmare alone. For sure. Um, and then even in my, for my own Sherpas, right. I have, I have Nadia and my sister and they're both very physically fit and active and, uh, 
find ways to just run all over the place and see multiple times. But I think the the one thing that I would say, or that as an athlete, I would tell, like if I had an, an, a bigger group is don't worry about uh, seeing me in every location, right? Like I can see you at the start and I can see you at the finish. And for that, I'm very grateful. And anything else is just a bonus. So take care of what you need to take care of. If you, if you're, you know, hungry and you need to go find food and, and you're going to miss me at a certain point, don't worry about it. Right. I'll, I'll see you at the next spot. Go take care of yourself. Go make sure you're, you're properly fueled, hydrated. If you're tired, go sit down somewhere. If it's hot, go, you know, get out of the, get out of the sun, you know, go sit in a coffee shop and get some, you know, get some shade and, and AC and, and, uh, and get some coffee in you. Right. If that's your thing, like just don't, this is already a very selfish sport. And so don't, um, I don't, don't feel obligated to try and see me at every opportunity. Just anything is anything additional is a bonus. Um, but I, I think, you know, as, as a Sherpa, I've gone through that where I have, I carry snacks with me just because I know I don't, I, I personally don't want to miss my athlete. And so mm-hmm. I want to see them as much as possible and provide that support as much as possible. So I am just eating what I can on the go. But again, for, um, you know, for elderly, uh, supporters or for young children, you need to keep them, you know, properly fed and entertained and, you know, especially kids cause they'll lose their minds and start getting cranky, things like that. So that yeah. I would, I would think that'd be the biggest thing is take care of yourselves first. And then, you know, any support you can provide to me is, is appreciated. Yeah, for sure. I think it's very race course dependent for sure as well. Right. Um, on the bike, I never really worried about having somebody cheer for me on the bike. That's a tough one. Unless it's a looped bike course, then you go by so fast, the likelihood that they're going to miss you anyways, the number of times that my family had photos of, you know, 20 other dudes that were wearing a similar kit and then missed (laughs) me when I went by, it happened over and over. So, um, you know, if you've got a big group, getting out on the bike course can be tough, especially if you're parked somewhere downtown and then trying to leave and then come back with a car. Mm -hmm. So, I've never been one that felt that being out on the bike course was was that important. Um, you know, just dealing with the car, dealing with road closures, all of those types of, of things. Um, so, yeah, bike support course. Having bike support is not something I prioritize. I think it's a, a big one. So, any thoughts, Austin? Yeah, I mean, especially in a full it's a long ass day, right? Because it's not, you know, when the gun goes off to when you cross the finish line, it's several hours before the race starts, you're getting ready. Right. And I think that's probably the most, I don't want to say important, but for me, I want someone there to help me out in case I need something to kind of send me off. And that puts me in a much better place mentally going like, oh, okay, they're sending me off. I'm going to go take care of business and then I'll see them at the finish line. As Tony said, it's great to be able to see them in between at transitions and stuff, but it's all just a bonus. Start and finish is the most important piece. So I wouldn't ever tell anybody who's going to be my quote unquote Sherpa to, okay, hey, be here, be here, be here, be here, right? That's really difficult to do, especially with the trackers, right? Especially with Ironman, the trackers are atrocious. So you're probably going to miss that person. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't ever say 
you know, try to get out here at these times. You don't know how your day's going to go when you're going to be there. They may try to get out there and miss you. And yeah, uh, well, it's definitely was, easier on the run, right? right. I mean, mm-hmm. you can kind of gauge. And when I was doing Ironman, we didn't have this again, back to my age, right? In 2010, 11, 12, it, we weren't, we didn't have a tracker like that, right? So you were, you were writing down splits, you were trying to figure out. And now people are like, oh my God, the tracker's not working. It's like, well, yeah, it's, that's a luxury. It's nice. I like the tracker when I'm, you know, when I'm at home and watching somebody race and just so I know what's going on. But yeah, to rely on that, um, someone brought up the 360 app. Uh, Ainsley's uses that app as well. I've never used it, but uh, again, that requires that your athlete carries their cell phone with them. And I've raced too many times in a downpour to ever really worry about taking my cell phone with me on a, on an Ironman. Um, Even a half, I don't, I don't carry it with me. Um, I'm not taking it. Uh, One tip for that though, something you can do. Uh, and it's something new I've done this past year. I actually have air tags on both of my bikes for really theft reasons. So if you have an air tag on your bike, your family can actually track you on the bike without you having to carry your phone. Ah, if there's enough right. people around with iPhones on the course. Well, you just, you have an air tag and they're just connected to that tag, right? As long as you have that connection to that tag. Yeah. But the way the air tags work is they work off of other iPhones, Right. So unless your tag goes near an iPhone, it can't tag your location, but probably out on course, there's enough officers yeah. and yeah. right. You know, there's enough people to get a, get a ping right. every once in a while. Yeah. Right. Every, aid, every aid station, I'm sure there's at least one person with an iPhone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's a good question though. I wonder if, if, you know, maybe you fly by too fast or something. I don't, I don't know what the range is on it, but yeah, it's no, a good point. I think it's, it, it's Bluetooth. So it's, it's pretty good. It, okay. You know, cause okay. it starts picking up a range of, you know, 20, like 20 feet, 25 feet away. Yeah. Yeah. Off, yeah. I haven't tried yeah. that one. I mean, I, I would be curious to try it just to see how well it works. So just, just draft behind a marshal and that way you can <laughs> have a signal the whole time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So that, those sorts of things though, I mean, I, would just want somebody there to send me off. And then if I see him in transition, great. And then just see him, you know, maybe the, towards the end of the run or something, of course it gives you a boost. But again, if you have kids or older family members, just tell them, Hey, here's when I'm going to start, go about the rest of your day as you normally would find something to do because you can't be expected to be out there all day. If they want to watch the race, great. But I would say, Hey, like you want to go see a movie, go see a movie. You want to do some shopping, you know, go do that, you know, whatever it is, or go take a tour if it's a historic city or something. I mean, I had an Ironman where I had previous, I just a few weeks out had kind of strained, torn my Achilles. Right. And I remember almost feeling pressure as an athlete worrying about, because I had a bunch of people out there at Arizona and worrying about them being on the run course. I started the run and realizing I'm going to be walk running this. I'm in so much pain. And then I'm worried about, okay, I did it. I think it was three loops, right? You do that first loop and you realize it's going to be a long day. And now all of a sudden I'm stressed about them being out there. I'm just like, go home. I'll see you later. Come back at the finish line, right? I, I don't want the stress of thinking about how long it's going to take me to be out here, um, you know, and you you standing on the sidelines waiting for me. So it's like, just see me at the finish. So I think uh, being, you know, making sure they're aware that, uh, you know, they don't, you know, like you said, they have the luxury to go do their own thing. And so as an athlete, you don't feel stressed to 
to be looking for them or finishing for them. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not, Iron Man's very different, right? Because there's so much support from, you know, the race organization itself. It's not like it's an ultra marathon where you have to cruise somebody, right? Be at this aid station at roughly this time, give me this at this time, give me this at that time, change my shoes. So it's not, it's not that involved, right? It's more of a support thing. So yeah, I would just say whatever is easiest for them. Again, as Tony said, it's a very selfish sport. So you know, kind of understand that and say, Hey, I just want these couple things, ask for one or two things. And then the day is yours, do whatever you want to do. And then also after the race, assuming it's not midnight, you know, maybe plan to go to dinner with everybody. And it's like all about them and you're celebrating them and your, your day is over and your race is over, right? Go ahead and push your time to focus on them, thanking them, do whatever you can do. And, um, if you have friends that come see you, you know, make them know how much you appreciate them between a nice gesture or something like that. Um, so yeah, just, just remember it's not all about you all the time between the start and finish line. It's all about you, but it's just you. It's not them, right? It's not them focusing on you. So, <laughs> yeah. And I think for, for fools, that's when I need probably the most support after, I mean, both for, well, last guy, again, I raced sick. And so I was a mess when I, when I finished and just was laid up, um, in, in like the, I think like it was like the volunteer coordinating area. There was like a small church or something they had set up. And so I was laid up in there for a while, just trying to get situated. And again, like thankful to have Nadia, my sister there to basically baby me and, you know, for the next few hours, which um, they do, by the way, I witnessed it. They take care of this guy, even in Finland, like every little need, they're like following him around. Taking, I was like, damn, man, this guy travels with an entourage. Those girls take care of him. It's, it's, it's amazing. And I I can't, again, I can't say enough. Um, and then in Hawaii, same thing, Hawaii, I was jacked up at the end of that and got laid up and then ended up getting two bags of IVs in, in medical. And by the time we got out of there, I mean, they hadn't eaten dinner yet. And I, I don't remember what time we left, but like, I, I didn't even realize what time it was until I was mobile again and trying to like then walk back to the car. It was, it was crazy, but yeah, just, that's why I say like, just tell your, uh, tell your support crew to, you know, take care of themselves and make sure they're, they're eating throughout the day. Cause otherwise they're going to be grumpy and upset and agitated and things like that. And that's the last thing that you need or, or want to worry about as well. And like, you know, like Chris is saying, you don't want to worry about them standing out or being in the, being in the heat that you're dealing with or being in the rain that you're dealing with. And, um, we, you know, we race in all conditions and we're kind of used to impaired for it, but there's no sense in, in the Sherpas kind of standing out in the rain or yeah. doing all that. The biggest thing I was a fan of with fulls was, uh, my wife would always go and take care of my bike and my bags and all of that stuff. So I think that is a key thing that they can do for you, which I felt I loved right? You know, my bike, I, I never worried. My bike was in the car or was already back at the, the rental house or whatever. My bags were taken care of. Uh, that was the one thing I loved about the full was, was not worrying about having to pick all my crap up. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't let Amanda touch my bike cause she'll, I don't know, have a fit with it, trying to take wheels off, get in the car or whatever. But <laughs> I, I will say if you have... I don't give a crap about my bike after the end of the race. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It can all be repaired. Yeah, something bad happens. You're like, I never want to see that freaking thing again. Um, 
and I will say like, give it, if you have something you want after the race or even before, but specifically after, like give specific instructions for that. Like if, so if you have a crew, you don't have to do like a morning clothes bag. I, I told Amanda last year at California, I was like, Hey, everything is in this backpack. All you need to do is bring me this backpack to the end of the race. Just whatever is it, just it, you take it, put it in the car. When you come back out, just bring this backpack. She brings the backpack and it's missing like everything I needed. And I had like no change of clothes. I'm it's freezing out there. I'm just like, she's like, Oh, I, I took that out. I didn't think you needed that. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I went ahead um, and made sure exactly what you needed was in the bag that you said yeah. had exactly what you needed. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that. And then I would also say if you can avoid, uh, the medical tent do so because they keep you in there for forever. I remember after California, I needed my wounds cleaned up and I told them I crashed on the bike. They asked me if I hit my head and I said, yes. And that was kind of stupid on my part. Cause I was in there for a good 40 minutes. I'm like, I, sh I just wanted some like, you know, alcohol on my wounds and I want to walk out of here. I like, I want to, I, I want to leave this godforsaken city so bad. And <laughs> they were like holding me against my will. I'm like, can I sign something and leave, please? This is, I appreciate you guys, but I want to get out of here. So uh, avoid that if you can. But yeah. And then I, th I think the question was even specific about California. Um, so I, the swim in particular is almost impossible to spectate. So I would probably not have your family go to the swim start because they can't even watch you start the swim you kind of walk down to the river and it's very secluded. There's not like, a, you can't watch people jump in the water. So, um, avoid the buses, uh, for the spectators. Cause then it screws it over for the athletes. But I think they did change that this year, which is good. Um, be at the swim finish. There's plenty of spectating space there. It's a huge transition. So you can watch them there, watch them go out on the bike, tell them to go on about their day. Um, I wouldn't bother trying to see them on the bike. If you wanted to be there on the first, uh, turnaround you could do that you know halfway through the bike and then the run is a little bit different this year so there should be a lot of opportunities um for family members and everybody to see you so as long as you're near the bridge you'll probably see your athlete almost three four or five times so i would i would if you're going to spend any time at the race i would say it'd be during the run but bike isn't super spectator friendly and don't worry about the start of the swim that would be kind of my two cents on that piece mm. so Nice. Yeah. I've yet to do that race. That, that was the one Ironman that came back full that did pique my interest. I've had really no interest in going back to full distance Ironman since coming back. And, uh, that was somewhat re, re, uh, assured or, uh, you know, I, I reinforced this weekend when I was doing my three hour ride and Jeremy was out there doing a six hour ride. I'm just like, you know, fuck that, man. They're just not at all. I, I don't need to do a full Ironman again. <laughs> I do not miss five, six hour bike rides. And, and, and mainly I, I loved it back then, but back then I didn't have anywhere to be right after my training. Now it's like, I'm done training and it's like hit the road running, right? It's like, I get a, I got soccer games. I got this, I got that. I got, you know, now I've got little people waiting for me as soon as I get home. I don't, <laughs> I can't imagine doing six hour bike rides and full Ironman training and anybody who has kids hats off to them that, that are doing it because <laughs> I wasted, I don't say wasted. I spent so many Saturdays and Sundays doing absolutely nothing post training when I was doing full Ironmans. So it's definitely quite the commitment and that's, yeah. 
before I, I signed up for Alaska, it was, you know, sitting down with Nadia and letting her know this is the plan. This is how aggressive it's going to be. And basically getting that, getting that blessing first. Um, yeah, it's a huge commitment on their part. It is. Yeah. Patience, right? It's a lot mm -hmm. of time they're if they're waiting for you, yeah, you know, they've got to put things aside as well or or move on, do things without you. Yeah. That's why I like I like the half distance. It's 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 like that perfect training input that you can you can put in good hours and, and still see really good results. Um if you're if you're efficient with your training time. And uh and you it feels more like you're racing because you're racing closer to you know. Yeah. You're working hard the entire time, right? Yeah, you're really putting the intensity in. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess the other thing for sure is too. Like, um, if I if I know it's going to be a competitive race where I'm I'm trying to qualify or I'm trying, you know, to hit certain targets, I also have my my sister carries a whiteboard, and she'll write down like the athlete that's in front of me, how far away they are, the athlete, the closest athlete behind me. And then on the bike, especially, you know, like where I'm at and then like speeds. So I can, it's just a quick, like, you know, F1 as you're going by, read the board type, type situation. And, and, uh, you can get a lot of input that way on the bike, especially that used to be really good for super frog. Super frog was a four loop course. Uh, you can get so much information relayed to you on the bike, whereas typically you're just blind. Cause you're just, you know, again, trying to push as push what you can. Um, but that was always really cool. So just so elite love what sherpas. a nerd you're so elite i love sherpas <laughs> yeah. all right well i think that's it for questions so uh appreciate those i think that was charlene right charlene sent that one sujen yeah. asked about peak week uh so thank you for those topics what else are we talking oh just real quick if anybody does have questions please submit yeah. them we'd love to answer them and get kind of you know, there's things that we love to talk about, but we want to talk about what anybody wants to hear about. And if you guys have specific questions, whether it be about a race or the training or lifestyle or anything, ask away and definitely be good topics for us to talk. If you're about. on our discord, you can always post them there, but yep. certainly send them to the, uh, which allows us to track them a little easier the uh, podcast at ocendurance.com. So we had some other topics, some news this week, Taylor is potentially officially racing. She is. <laughs> I felt like she was still a little elusive. She's, uh, but yeah, it sounds like she has committed to racing Kona, which is two weeks from now, which is super exciting. What are your guys' thoughts on that? I'm, I'm really excited to see her race. Uh, I don't think she's going to be in, you know, perfect Ironman form, but I think with her ability, she doesn't need to be. Uh, she obviously can swim with Lucy and uh, and outbike the entire field. Everyone. So I don't know how how far she'll have to dig on the on the run. Um, she's obviously going to give some ground to the likes of like um, Anne and and Laura Phillip and you know Austin's favorite chick Sidaro. I mean, those are obviously some <laughs> some strong runners. So. It's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out. Just the just the dynamic of it all is going to be cool to see. And then which Daniela shows up, you know, is it yes? Is it Daniela from Roth? That would that would be quite the showdown. 
because then you have bike power versus bike power. So, yeah, it definitely changes the dynamics, right? I think it makes it so much more exciting. I was excited to see it. Um, but I think seeing that adding Taylor to that, it just kind of adds an unknown because we've seen so many others race the full distance in the past, right? We know kind of where they've at and we know their success. So to see her pop in there kind of mixes it up. Yeah. I, I, I'd like to see her do really well. Um, I, you know, obviously she has the ability to win it. Um, nobody's I think denying that and you're not going out on a limb by saying oh, I'm choosing Taylor to win it all. But I think, again, I just, I, I like the way she races. Um, and I, I think it's going to be really cool to see. I wouldn't mind, uh, you know, again, I'd like Lucy to do well, but she's like forever the, the bridesmaid. So is she, is she finally going to break through one of these times? I don't, I don't know how her run's been coming along. Um, Austin, how's yeah. your girl Sadara doing? Oh, good. We talked the other day. Yeah. So she's feeling really good. <laughs> no, I, I, uh, she took the time I, to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's me. Um, yeah, I, I'm excited to see Taylor race and without getting into picks and all that, because we'll, we'll probably take a whole episode as that nears. Um, she's one of my favorites, if not my favorite. And I'm excited to see, kind of like Tony was saying, you know, if she gets out of the water with Lucy, you know, that's only going to help Lucy as well. If she has somebody to bike with and those two start tearing up the the run course, I think, I think just because she's done so many more races that would favor Lucy in the run, you know, but again, I don't, I don't know. Cause I've never seen Taylor at this distance. Again, it's her Ironman debut, which is absolutely insane. It's really, really cool. So I'm excited to see that. And I, I think if it, you know, if Taylor doesn't win it. I mean, I think it favors Lucy. I, I, if those two get up the road, I don't, any of those runners, Chelsea, Daniela, any of those, and I don't know if I see them catching them if, if the race goes in those two's favor. So I don't, I don't think be really there's fun. any way Lucy can hold Taylor's wheel. Right. But I'm saying if she does, like if she has somebody to bike with, cause usually she's, she's on her own, you know what I mean? So if she has somebody to bike with, I, that if that's that dynamic that changes is, you know, does she bike? You know, maybe it's over biking, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's, well, hey, I can focus on somebody else pushing pace rather than me thinking like, well, I've got to go out here and what lead do I have? You know, something like that. Now, if she blows everybody out of the water and Taylor bikes her down, then that's that's a little bit different. But if they're out on the bike together type of thing, I think that's a really interesting dynamic. Hmm. So... Yeah, I'm excited. That's going to be really, who, really cool. Who are the top, or I won't say top two, who are the two you would like to see win? If you had to pick two. Um, uh, Lucy, for sure. Uh, and yeah, probably Lucy and Taylor, actually. I, just That's because, where I'm at. Yeah, I, I love Lucy, I, and she's a phenomenal athlete. And again, as Tony said, she's just been the bridesmaid so many times. I, I think it is her turn and she's still young. So I, I think she's, you know, going to have plenty more chances and I would love to see her dominate, but, uh, and then how cool would it be to see someone at their Ironman debut win Kona? I, I don't think that's ever been done. So that's, that's pretty wild. Um, so that those are probably my two right now. 
Tony? I'd, I'd agree with those. Again, yeah. those those two. And if I had to throw a third, it'd be Daniela. Just because yeah. I love yeah. seeing utter domination. And so if if she pulls it out, then it would be it'd be quite the story. Um Lucy's interesting because I don't think she she has that many more bites at the apple. It's kind of like when people played in the in the Jordan era. There's so many, so many great players that didn't get a ring because Jordan. Yeah. And the where Lucy stacks, I mean, she obviously racing in the in the era of Daniela. And then you have Taylor coming over after Paris. So really, this is like I think the one shot where she has a chance to do really well before Taylor focuses more on the Ironman distance. And then it's, I think it's over for for women for a while. Like you're just gonna it's gonna be the era of nib for years to come mm. unless something drastic happens. Yeah, barring any injuries, right? Yeah. She Yeah, it's different than the than the men's side, right? Like there are up and coming athletes, but nothing like the men's young young front coming through. You know what I mean? There's Taylor's, like you're saying, kind of the only one people are concerned with, but she's dominant. She's really, really dominant. So yeah, yeah. I, and and also the whole Kona thing, right? If they're gonna keep switching years that sucks. That gives her half, half the chances that she normally would have, you know? Right. Sure. But I think that niece course probably benefits her even more, which is scary. Don't, don't care. <laughs> don't care. It's not Kona. Ah. That's my only point. Yeah. That, that, yeah. You know, but I mean, that's gotta be hard for if, especially for, for Lucy, if she's chased it, chased it, chased it. And then it's, then it's niece. Ugh. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then I guess you know my third my third one I'd want to see one is Chelsea just just to watch Tony just squirm. <laughs> I hope she's in the mix. I do just for the sake of you know the the whole one hit wonder. Just like Laidlow, I, I yeah, hope she's right. in the mix to the very end. Do I want right. to see her win? No, but I hope she's there until the, the bitter end. Right you don't want to see her flash her hard across the finish line. Oh, my goodness, I, I just uh, you know. We've, we've talked about it, but I, I don't want her to, uh, you know, drop on the bike or, you know, walk the run or I, I hope she's, I hope she's there. You know, every, everybody's got to have their villain, right? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, wow. and, and I guess switching subjects slightly, but just like you were saying, I don't want to see anybody drop on the bike. Uh, I don't know if we touched on it, but Christian, and I don't know why it came to my mind, but Christian finishing world champs in Lati and he was feeling like absolute dog shit and the fact that he just went out and finished the race and Lionel too, right. Finished the race and they honored the race. Like that's a huge thing. Like I, I really, really appreciate those things. I, I don't want to see anybody DNF because they're just feeling bad for themselves, you know, and they're not having the race of their life, especially at somewhere like Kona, you know, I would hate to see that. And I think that a lot of these pros, yeah, it's difficult because you're racing back to back weekends or all these times during the year, but I think they kind of forget to honor the race and understand that, you know, there's people that essentially give you a living, these athletes that are racing these races and buying your products and things. And, you know, you drop out and you're just like, ah, fuck it, whatever. That was one of the things that kind of, you know, irked me a little bit about Gustav in um, St. George 70.3 last year. You know, granted it was a tough week and everything, but he just said, I'm over it, you know? So... Yeah. Um, no, I, I love that about Christian. The fact yeah. that he, yeah. it's like, Hey, I'm the champion. I'm going to be there. And yeah. even though he knew going in, it probably wasn't going to be his race. It gave 
the person that won the opportunity to beat the previous champion. Yeah. There's, there's injuries and things that happen where you can't race, but if you're just not feeling good, like oh, I'm just not having my day and you decide to pull out, I don't think there's anything that pisses me off more. Um, you know, there's, there's a matter of honoring the race and just finish it. So just my personal opinion. Did you guys see Christian throw a football this weekend? No. Did you see that on his Instagram? It's probably still on his Instagram. He was at the Chargers game and uh, he's playing catch with one of the players. Oh man. He really, that, that word athlete is, is a loose term. You watch him throw <laughs> this football and you're like, all right, I guess I don't have any ball sports in Norway. No, no spiral. No, well, they don't play football. That's for damn sure. Yeah, I was going to say, there's no football in Norway. Yeah, but it's a ball. Like, I mean, you still have but a football is a motion. unique ball, right? I would say it's very American how learning to oh, throw a spiral, right? Learning to throw a spiral. You, know, you pick up a football for the first time, you throw that thing. It's <laughs> Did you guys see Lionel throwing a baseball? Well, he about killed himself, right? He blew his <laughs> <Yeah>. arm out. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was funny, but it was cool. I mean, I, I, I actually I really like when they do stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you know, the last thing you want is, you know, to hurt yourself leading into a race. But I like them mixing things up and showing some them outside of their comfort zones and seeing some real personality come through. I think uh, PTO does a great job doing that. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think Lionel's just good at doing that in general. Yeah. He's just an open book. I haven't got I to watch like, his new video. I'm I'm like dying to watch it because after he posted that, you're not going to see me until blah, blah, blah. Uh, so I haven't seen it. So I, I got to watch it. It's just standard Lionel. Yeah. Same story, different different race post re recap. <sighs> it's the same thing. Did he commit to another race? No. Mm -hmm. No. Right. Did you see uh, Nib's latest video where she kind of announced that she was going to? Yes. I think that was cool. I, I like the very end where she, they're like, oh, everybody's going to be so so excited to hear that you're racing. And she's like, well, maybe not everybody's going to be excited. Yeah, they might not be excited. I, I loved that, that comment. Was, that, that was, was my her. favorite comment. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. She gets it. <laughs> she gets it. That was funny. But uh, I, I still stand my, by my point that she's probably on the spectrum a little bit. You can just, the more I, the more I watch of her, the more I think she is. But She's know. gotten much better. It is amazing how much more, you know, how much I didn't, I didn't like watching her to fall from when she first talked, started talking, right? She's young, no media experience. She's, she's definitely gotten much better uh, being on camera. Yeah. No, I've grown to great. somewhat enjoy it actually. <laughs> <laughs> she's just, she's just her. She's just uniquely Taylor. 100%. Yeah. Uh, sweet. Well, do we have one more topic? regards to BQ times. Is that one yep. we wanted to uh, tackle since uh, we're at an hour and six minutes. So 45 minutes of Tony's analyzing of BQ times. <laughs> I don't know how much time we're going to I guess it's just how far you guys want to go with it. But um, so, yeah, so the Boston acceptance letters were sent out. You had to be five minutes and 29 seconds under the qualifying standards to be able to get in this year. And that was across the board. It's basically just an across the board time. It's not based on per age group and number of submissions. Correct. Correct. That's how, well, it is based on number of submissions, but it's not, it's the same across all, all age groups and genders. Hmm. Okay. So they said there was a record number of applicants this year, over 33,000. Um, over 22,000 were accepted. So, wow. Yeah. Over 11,000 athletes were denied acceptance into Boston this year. 
I'd actually like to know how many of those were men versus women. Like mm. how, how many were denied that were men and how many were, were women. That would be uh, an they, interesting number. Yeah, they, they don't give you that data, which I think they should be more forthcoming with all the data. They do tell us how many men were selected, right? So there's uh, 12,535 men, uh, 9,440 women, and then you have 44 of the non, non-binary new division that uh, is causing some controversy. But so if you break it down, it's 50%, 57% were, were men, 43% women, and then 0.1% is non-binary, if you want to look at it that way. But um, for the for the women, again, they're they're really trying to get to this 50-50 split and they're you know forcing that, you know square peg into a round hole of, of trying to make that work. So I, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, I'm surprised the time then is similar. That's why I was asking the question. I would think that there might not be a 529 time for the women that there are for the men. No, it's the same across the board because, um, again, there, you have the qualification standard time difference between men and women that that's where that comes into play. But so I was interested in, so Boston wants to get to this 50-50 split, this magical number of 50-50, which no matter how much you force it, it's, it's not going to happen if it's not natural. I mean, are the so, numbers there in general? If there Are there 50% women competing in marathons across the board? So I, I pulled the figure. So the, the global average for women participation in, uh, in sport, and this is from womensrunning.com, if you want to go and fact check me here, is 34.8%. Globally, now from a North American perspective, it's higher. I think that that's closer, to like forty-two percent. But still, it's not near the fifty percent that Boston wants to get to. And Boston is obviously, you know, it's a it's a global it's a global marathon where everybody comes to to race and and, and uh, it's part of the six star majors. So everybody wants to do it. But again, you're looking at less than a a thirty-five percent um, women's field globally, and they're trying to up that to fifty percent. And already, again, giving it up to forty-three percent. It's it's interesting. You know, so if, if Boston really wanted to be equal and fair, they should settle on a standard that allows the race to reflect that thirty-five percent women's field, and see what happens. Mm-hmm. But as you an example, like this year, that would mean like seventeen hundred seventeen hundred less female athletes would have been accepted mm-hmm. based on the figures this year. The number for me that would be interesting would be to see the trend. Uh, over the last 10 years, maybe longer, of how that has changed in women's running. Has the participation continued? Is it growing, right? Is it, you know, what'd you say the percentage was? Is it 34? 34.8. It has been growing, but I think 2011 was like the last one I had really seen. And that was like 28, 29%. So 12 years, 6% growth. Okay. Half a percent a year. That's not bad. And then when I was looking at, I was trying to like, okay, well, how does this differentiate for Ironman? Ironman is traditionally very male dominated. Um, and in 20, uh, 2010, it was 90, 10. So 90% male, 10% female. And right now we're, we float at about 25 to 26% female participation in Ironman. Okay. So you don't you don't think the participation or not participation, but the breakdown of acceptances for male and female that percentage shouldn't be the same 
based on the number that applied. So say 75% of men qualify and apply, 25% of women qualify and apply. You don't think that that's how this spot should be awarded? You think it should just be 35% since that's the global participation? Yeah, I, I don't think that I should do it that way just because like, what if there's a bunch of slower men that that uh, apply? And slower meaning like you beat your you beat your BQ, but everybody's within like five to ten seconds of the qualifying standard, and and less women applied, but they're all beating their standard by you know fifteen twenty minutes. Do we take mm-hmm. more men who barely made the standard versus women? I'm, I'm obviously you know giving exaggerated examples yeah, here, yeah, just to try and hammer the point. But um, yeah, no, I don't think that's the way to do it. Yeah, and then I mean. What do you what do you think about the five minute cutoff? Because that's the largest, call it non COVID uh, buffer. Isn't that right? It, Did it yeah. used to always sit around it's, five, or was it not? No, it's no. never been this high. Okay. It's like a couple minutes. Yeah. So that's tough. It, that's a real aggressive cutoff. I mean, I almost I almost didn't make the cutoff, um, but my qualifying run was yeah, Boston last reasons. year when I was yeah, running with Gafuzi. Yeah. So. Yeah, I was, I was nervous to be honest uh, about making it in this year, and was almost trying to, you know, figure out if I add a, a late season marathon just to kind of solidify my time. But you know, thankfully it, it was enough. Um, but I again, I think right now the that that thirty minute difference between the genders is, is I think really skewing what's going on with with this. Uh, this time cutoff that you need to be under and does that need to be revisited in order to make a more realistic time cutoff? If you do that, you're going to obviously reduce that, that 50, 50 split that you're trying to get to because the reason why there's, they're able to get a 43% female field is because the standards are so much more lax for the female field, you know, like, so I was curious. I started going back and I was like, all right, well, what, what should it be? Or what, what could we get to that would be a more realistic, uh, representation of the difference between male and female abilities in the, in the marathon. And so I was like, okay, well, how do I look at this? So I, I took like the last five Boston winners times. And, uh, the first year was like the, the first year I, I looked at was the, the crazy, um, rain year, um, where, you know, um, Des won and, and Al basically most of the female field, uh, had dropped out. And so that difference between the male winner and, and the female winner was 24 minutes. And so that's kind of the outlier. Then 2019, the next year was 15 minutes. 2021 was 15 minutes, 2022 was 14 minutes, and 2023 was 15 minutes. So basically, you're looking at like 14 to 15 minutes is the difference between the male Boston and female Boston winners. So that would be that would be an interesting number to kind of dive into. If you look at the marathon world record, obviously men, Kipchoge, 201.09. Now we have the women's world record, 211.53. So let's round up and call it 12 minutes. So again, we're now 12 minutes, 14, 15 minutes. And so I was like, all right, well, that's just the world record times. What if we look at the average pros finishing time? So pro men tend to average 
uh, around 205, pro-women around 220. Now we're back to this 15-minute number again. Okay, well, now we're just looking at like very elite times. Um, and then I was thinking like, well, what about Boston is an American race. What if we look at the difference in uh, the American OTQ, the Olympic qualifying standard, which, um, you know, UCATF sets? Well, the men is 217 and the women is 237. That's a 20-minute difference. So, okay, that's, we're getting closer to that 30 minute mark that Boston has set, but still 10 minutes is a huge difference. Um, so then I started thinking like, oh, what's, what's the, the, the global average finishing time for men versus women? That, that would be like, now you're just looking at everybody, you know, non-competitive athletes as well. So the average finishing time for men is 422 and the average for women is 447 which is a 25 minute difference. Mm, and that's okay. the biggest gap I could find was using the global average finishing time for men versus women, but also the average age of men is three years older than women, which mm. that's going to make a difference in their finishing times. So again, this where were you finding that data? Just out of curiosity, the global, someone keeping that, do you remember? Just the Googles. I mean, I would, I would look at multiple re multiple sites and then try to find what had like the most recent information because a lot of these, okay. yeah. a lot of stuff like I, again, I couldn't find Ironman stuff that that was fairly recent, so I, I kind of just had to throw that stuff out. Um, yeah, it's and then again, any anything that was like some random message board. I mean, obviously, I'm not looking at that. I'm I'm trying to find like some reputable websites yeah. that are that are showing data, but again, nothing that shows anything any reasoning behind why Boston has settled on a 30 minute difference besides the fact that they want to include more women in their race. Yeah. And I don't know, this kind of feels like a, an affirmative action kind of solution here, you know, like, Oh, I just, we want more women. So let's just make it easier for women to get in. It's, yeah. I mean, there's definitely an effort, which I, I, I think is good is the effort to grow women in this participation of sports in general right but by by lowering the standards for women that's the way to do it yeah it's the, i go back it's and forth whole, on it's that it's the whole diversity play right like um i don't know uh, like trying to add you know more people of color or um uh, you know the whole transgender movement or push right now is 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 big and oh it, you know it's like my pilot I don't, I don't care what he is, right? He could have sucked off 10 dudes in the airport bathroom <laughs> right now before he got on this flight. But if he's the most qualified pilot to get me to my destination, have at it. I don't care, right? But to have him come on board because he's like the first trans pilot or whatever, transcontinental pilot, I, I don't give a shit. That scares the hell out of me. Right? Yeah. Like how many qualified pilots were you know, left off or not didn't get the job because they have a diversity marker to, to, to hit. So that, that, I, that I don't agree with. Well, I, I would say anybody who's upset about the non-binary division, I'd say relax. Cause there's 44 fucking people that qualified. So it's not, it's not messing up your standards at this moment. Right. So, cause I, I guess a big problem was people are like, Oh, Boston isn't inclusive enough. And it's like, what do you, what do you mean? That's the whole point. If Boston was just a marathon, anybody could sign up to lottery for, 
nobody would care. They wouldn't have this allure to run Boston. The whole point is that you put in the work, you meet the time standard, and that's it. Now, going back to the spread of the times, Boston's not even the um, largest gap, if you will, between the men and women times, right? I think I think New York's um, a shorter, like I think it's twenty five minutes between the men and women qualifying times. Chicago's thirty minutes as well, right? Yeah, but I think they're just following Boston's lead. But Boston's not the most aggressive one to get into. Like New York has higher standards. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. hard again. Yeah. Twenty five minutes, I think. Yeah, and higher standards. And right? higher standards. Well, lo- yeah. lower. Like, get, yeah, 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 had, yeah, yeah. You know what we mean. More it's difficult. A fa- it's a faster time <laughs> yeah. standard. But then I think Berlin's the only one that's got like a fifteen minute spread, and again, a much more aggressive uh, qualifying time. Right, and so yeah. they're the only one who makes sense. Yeah, that fifteen minutes is right in line with where I think it should be, if we're just looking at physical capabilities between men and women. So, but again, yeah. th- that's very much less wall culture, right? You're from the, the West versus, you know, Germany. But then, you know, they're also talking, or I don't know who, but people are saying they should lower Boston's time standards just by five minutes in general, right? So for like my age group, it would be 255, not three hours. And for the women, it'd be 325, I think. Yeah. But how much more difficult is it for a male to run a 255 than it is for a female to run a 325? Well, I don't know because I'm not a female, but I, 255 is pretty difficult. Right. So like the vast of... majority of runners, like you're already in the 1%, right? And then if you're under three hours, then 255 is a whole nother thing. And I will say I was actually really relieved to find out that the it was five hours uh or sorry five hours five minutes 29 seconds um buffer because hey if i didn't hit 255 in my marathon in february it wouldn't have mattered anyways you know what i mean so (laughs) great i blew up and it didn't matter anyway but uh yeah i mean i don't i don't i think probably the more aggressive you get the shorter that time gap should be so if they're going to lower it by five minutes but then you, I guess you're going to have people up in arms if they were to lower the women's by quote unquote 10 minutes, right? And make that 25 minute gap or 20 minute gap or something like that. Yeah. So. It, it'd be curious if like, they have the data, obviously, like they know if we, if we lower the women's by 10 minutes and only lower the men's by five minutes, what does that do to our, our split then moving forward? Or what, what, what would it have done historically to the past five marathons? And is this a route we want to go? Which it, it probably isn't. Um, and then the whole inclusion of the, the non-binary, um, division in order to, in order to, um, to submit under that division, you had to race your qualifying race under a non-binary title. So basically right. you would have had to identify as non-binary in your qualifying race to then identify, um, and submit your application to Boston to be in the now, non-binary Are most division. marathons, because I'm not running marathons, are most marathons, have they included a division now for non-binary? Or I don't believe so. Okay. I don't know many that have. I, I don't think there's been one that I've run that has a non-binary division. Yeah. Yeah, I was curious about that because when you said that that was a requirement. Well, and then we were talking about it too. They just picked the women's standard. That's right. that's the other thing I don't agree with. Like I'm already up in arms about the women's standard being 30 minutes slower and now you want to sign this 
the women's standard to this division. Um, it actually, so of those 44, it'd be interesting how many of those were born male and how many were born female. I'd probably say the vast majority were born male. But it, well, I mean, it so doesn't, that, that's kind of my point, though. So, so do you think, um, do you think there's any transgender males? And for clarity, that means born or female is choosing to identify as male with the stricter standards, or are they okay in this instance to then identify as their born gender and gain an extra thirty minutes? Yeah, or, I mean, that's, or are they choosing to identify as non-binary, even though it doesn't properly identify them by their own definition? Well, that's that's the crazy thing, right? Because you know, no matter you're born a certain way, males are, you know, typically faster and stronger. It's just, if you're upset about that, I'm sorry, but that's just how it goes. That's why we have these time standards too. Right. But, uh, I, I, you have to have some different sort of standard or you just get rid of it altogether because I, I would, I would imagine there's going to be a ton of, you know, born males that choose to game this game, the system again, it's 44 people. So I don't really care right now. Again, it doesn't, it holds no weight to the, the breakdown um, and if you're upset about that, then I don't know, run faster. I don't know what to tell you, but it is a weird thing because like they have to choose the women's right. Because that's, it's just a pool of people, no matter your gender or how you identify, they have, they have to go with the lowest standard. They can't go with the highest standard. Like what if they go the other way? You'd have nobody participating in non-binary, right? So, so that's kind of my point though, is you, there's no there's, I don't think there, there's, there's a way that you can just assign a lower standard and, and then add this kind of a loophole in that opens the door for people to take advantage of it, which again, we're, we're both in agreement. 44 is, is a drop in the bucket. It doesn't really make a difference. It's not skewing the number too much, you, you know, in any direction, but what if next year it's 500 and the next year it's a thousand, right? Like what, at what point does, do we look at this and be like, who this isn't, you know, this isn't what, what they intended. Um, and we'll move, I don't know if we'll get emails or whatever on this, but I'm going to say not transphobic. Yeah. Not arguing I'm, either I'm, way. I'm, I mean, I'm I think in general, sport. yeah, right, in general, right. I personally, I want participation in sports to go up period. Right. Right. Especially right. in this country. Um, so I, I could care less about what, you know, you can add all the different uh, participation categories you want. Really, um, it it does affect. I think at a at a level right where you guys are qualifying. You know, it potentially affects at a at the higher tip of the spear. So I understand where you know you might have more passion about it than the rest of people that you know they're not even yeah, in the realm. Well, but, but not only that. So let's let's look at it from a different perspective. You have two little girls. One of them uh, loves uh, yeah. playing soccer. Yeah. What if your daughter lost out on a, on a soccer scholarship to a male because he identifies as female? It's hard. It's hard. Yeah. It's a hard, um, Chris would say, thank God I don't have to go to any more soccer <laughs> I know. games. Jeez, I can do all the <laughs> Ironmans I want. Oh my God. No more weekend games. No, it's, uh, yeah, it's a complex topic. It's it it is it, it, having two little girls and wanting them to uh, be able to participate and and have a fair playing field. 
That's tough, right? I mean, I, I want that. No, 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 I want that. But at the same time, if you are young and dealing with these uh, emotional issues, um, the uh, potential trauma or things that could occur to folks that are truly dealing with these issues, right? I'm not talking about gaming the system, right? You're going to have gaming the system no matter what. But right. if you are mentally dealing with these types of issues and suffering from it and not playing sports because of it, all of that, you know, at the elite level, I think it becomes very controversial. But at the lower level, uh, you know, would I rather have that child playing sports with my kids and, and, and getting the benefits and the acceptance? Uh, believe me, I go, I, I have the mental battles having two little girls often, but looking at it from the perspective of um, the suffering that they might be enduring, yeah, uh, uh, I'm empathetic to it. Yes, but you're looking I, at it as little girls. I'm looking at it as college scholarship. Of We're course, dealing with of course. 18, money, 19, when money starts old. to become involved, right? And well, not only, not Olympic only Olympic trials start to become involved. Yeah. And all of that becomes extremely yeah. What if your daughter has dreams of playing on the women's Olympic team? 100%. No, I, it's hard. That That is very, very hard. And how we are going to address that is, is complicated. Right? No, I mean, See, if, I don't think it's complicated. Well, well so, it's complicated. So here, here's my thought. We, we have male and female division now. So I think we should remain with two divisions. You have cis female, which I hate even having to say that, but born a female identifies as such. And then you have an open division for everybody else. So, which I'm 100% for. Right. So that way it's full inclusion. That's why it doesn't really matter to me that there's this division well, for Boston. Yes. Right? But for me, I would say keep, keep a women's division for Boston, keep that cis female division for Boston, and then have an open division. Open. Yeah. And allow everybody else into that. Right. So like as a male, I'm in the open division. I'm totally fine with that. Whatever you want to identify as you in the open division, it that's okay. full, that's full inclusion and it protects the fairness in women's sports. Yeah. And if you're upset with me over this topic, there's a 90% chance that you have blue hair. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think, and Chris, I'm not, I don't want to put words in your mouth. I think just his point was, there's, there are two levels to it, right? There's the inclusion level of if somebody is non-binary, trans, whatever it be, they want to be playing sports or be included with the group that they identify with. And in that case, the, that younger generation, it's a whole lot less important of, oh, they're going to get beat up on because the, no, the gap granted, is so I get much smaller, just as right? upset when I see my girls playing and there is a child, a female, that looks like she's two years older and she shouldn't be out there, right? And she's knocking everybody down and she's obviously much more skilled. And and they're both female, but there's someone in there that's two oh, okay. years older possibly, right? Or you're questioning, are they really the right age? So yes, if I show up to a soccer game and there is a questionable athlete on the field playing with a bunch of little girls and it's it's physical in that case soccer is a very physical sport right swimming is not a physical sport so um while there's emotion there but when you are physically now pushing and and right and and the the actual physical physical aspect comes into it because it's you know you're pushing people around knocking people around things like then you know again that's another complexity on it versus a yeah one-on-one -on -one Right. I mean, solo sport per se, yeah. team sports yeah. are complex. I don't know. I, I'd love yeah. to have a guest on, on this one. Yeah. We're, we're not qualified to talk about it. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, we all are entitled to our own opinions. And no, for sure. I'm just saying, like, we don't know the science behind it. The the statistics. I like of, the open division. Do the I do it. like I know the that open males division. have a bigger heart. I know that males have bigger lungs. I know that males have more bone density. Yeah, the first, I know that the two thousand years from now, if 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 I uh, if somebody digs up my bones, has a bigger heart. That I was a male. <laughs> the first one, the first one you let off with, have a bigger heart. I was like, oh, how do you figure? Everybody on this podcast going, Tony has no fucking yeah. heart. <laughs> <laughs> the least empathetic person I have ever met in my life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I yeah, I agree with you, right? Like our physical capabilities are much more. Um, but I think to, to what I was saying to Chris's point is that at that lower level, it's a lot less important. Sure. Maybe. As children, I'm completely yeah. on board with full inclusion and, and, you know, whatever it may be. I'm, I'm not, yeah. I'm not uh, trying to isolate these, these kids who potentially have, um, some questions of, you know, self-identity. I'm not trying to argue. The hardest part about, about any topic like this whatever the topic is, right? Any sort of women's health issue or politic issue or anything is it's very easy to have an opinion until you're in the, like you're in the yeah. place where now your daughter isn't getting in, right? Yeah. You're right. whatever, a female and you are pregnant. Whatever the topic is, right? Until it's, it's very easy to have that um, opinion until your son or daughter is non-binary is right. So I think I've over time, I've softened on it a little bit because the tip of the spear is always going to be the tip. I feel like, right. And yes, you know, you're going to have gamers like, you, so, you're the, okay. You're, the tip of the spear is, is always going to be the tip of the spear until you have the middle of a spear being a male and the tip of the spear being female that upsets the spear. <laughs> Yeah. If look we get look to at that the Leah Thomas situation. I hear you. She I was you. a, what, the 150 something ranked male swimmer. And then all of a sudden she's female yeah. and now breaking world records. No, yeah, there has to be. I, but I think just switching on the fly, right? I think there has to be things that go into it more strict guidelines, right? I can't be one today and one tomorrow and, you know, and flopping back and forth. And yeah, that, that, I agree with you, right? Is there something medically where men can change the size of their heart or lungs, their bone density? I understand. I understand. Just saying. I like the open division. I do like the the suggestion of an open division, right? Right? Because again, I am full inclusion. I want everybody to race and be a part of this wonderful sport and sports in general that want to be included. But there needs to be very specific lane set up to, um, to protect women's sport. And yes. there's a, there, cause there's a reason why we have different world records for men and women. Cause there's, there's obviously a, a very, um, physical difference between our anatomies. And so in order to protect those records, we need to have very specific guidelines. Yes. Well, not even the records, just your self-esteem right? I mean, what if you just, what if you just do one open division? How's that going to go in any sport? Yeah. Like, you exactly. Yeah. You know? So yeah, I, it is, it is an, not, not an odd topic. It's a tough topic because I, I personally don't have, I can't identify with that. So I don't know what it feels like. And 
again, you know, I, I have the mindset of, well, if they drop it by five minutes or there's this huge, I don't know, maybe they have a huge non-binary, um, division at some point and it lessens the male participation. It's like, well, it look, looks like I'm just gonna have to get faster. Now that's, that's the way I look at it. It sucks, but you know, I don't yeah. want it to be all inclusive. Like I, I really, really don't want Boston to be something where it's like, well, you know what? We're just going to start taking 50,000 applicants. We're going to race over three days. Everybody can be included. I'd be like, well, then I don't care. I don't want to go. Could be a world major. I don't give a shit. You know? The one I struggle with is the, that having more women at Boston will grow the sport in general or having more females at Kona or the 70.3 world championships that that's going to grow the sport. I, 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 I have a hard time seeing that perspective because I spent many years never qualifying for Kona training for Ironman. And I knew I wasn't going to qualify, but I did the sport. I wanted to participate only recently have I qualified for a world championship. Right. And that did not change the fact that I want to do 70.3s or that I want to run marathons. So altering those championships, I do, you know, that's tough. But in general, because I, I, I don't know that I see that growing the sport, changing the world championships doesn't grow the sport, in my opinion. Yeah. And again, it's just like, um, I don't know, there's, there's certain occupations that are male-dominated, right? Engineers, male-dominated, right? Like florist female dominated bakers female dominated are we trying to get more male bakers in the world no i mean i will say as a perspective of a father there is been a cultural like my daughter very good in math loved astronomy right you know loves robotics but she's 12 years old Mm -hmm. as she goes into junior high historically there has always been this role push that that's nerdy, right? That there's more female things you should be doing that those are, right? So I do think culturally we have there's kind of had nerds. buckets. There, there are, there are. But I think just in general, um, there is a push. I see it with Girl Scouts, right? Uh, I feel like the, the the boys, I mean, you could say Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts, but with Girl Scouts, there is a push. Like at junior high, they all drop out, right? It's not the cool thing to do anymore. It's not. Um, and there, you know, there, there's this more female-ish role they should be playing, and I and I see it with um, engineering and things like that. Um, just culturally, I think we have had gender, you know, kind of roles. Um, so I think we've tried to embrace some of the the nerdier side. Or if she liked astronomy, let's push her. You know, let's try and keep her in it as long as we can until she realizes it's not cool for girls to like astronomy, right? <laughs> Oh. Yeah, it's not because she doesn't have the capabilities to do that, right? It's just it's where you fall, what your influences are, and things like that. That's that's kind of important. You know what I mean? Right. And kids are doing it to each other, right? Right. It's not cool to be the nerd at school, right? At some point, you don't realize that when you're young, but at some point, then and then you realize later in life that damn, yeah, you don't realize you, know, you get to college, it's, it all comes back around, right? It's like God, I right. wish I was still the nerd, right? <laughs> right. I just, but again, I just feel like some like there's professions out there that are male dominated, and there's yeah. professions out there that are female dominated, and there's yeah. kind of reasons for that, right? Nursing is typically female dominated, right? Women are are typically more em- empathetic and more caring and more loving, right? Just just they're in their nature more than men. Unless you're a Filipino man, then you you can be a nurse too. Right? But you know, this you can laugh because it's okay. Nope, I'm not laughing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so again, just it because our, our just our very nature. There's uh, again, like there's not going to be a lot of women construction workers. Right? It's, it's a very physical 
demanding profession, right? Like coal miners, male dominated. You're just not going to see women doing that. You can go on and on and, and, you know, the, the oil riggers, male dominated, no matter what type of big push you have to, you know, include women in, in those professions, it's just not going to happen. And I, I feel like it's, it's the same thing with, you know, trying to get these 50, 50 splits, the fields just aren't there for it to make it happen. And that's why you're looking at, uh, Kona this year with, you know, what the last we saw, because now Iron Man is hiding the, um, uh, oh, are they the, not showing the it anymore? List. They're not, but there, there's a lot I mean, we'll that know got come passed. race day, right? Yeah, we'll know on race day how many total racers they're having. But again, like they they struggle to fill those slots, and now it's again, it's just a everybody's getting a slot. What was the that, law that, that you're talking about? There's a there's a privacy law in the EU that got passed um, about sharing sharing like your personal information, personal data, which I think that could be easily fixed by people like opting in like what you you would be part of this start list when you had yada right have you seen that before like on active uh, yeah yeah yeah. so you, yeah. they can't they can't even specify gender that that's considered too much privacy data i'm i'm not sure hmm. um i obviously haven't looked into the whole um, privacy law and what it entails and what it details and what you're able to share and not share but i think iron man just went on the you know okay fine we're not gonna we're not gonna show anything so you can't yeah. see so you can't see short lists on anything right now on any race it's yeah. not just like they're hiding it from Conan. i need a google chrome uh add-in that just automatically accepts cookies for every single website now that you have to accept cookies on it's oh. like <laughs> same yeah. type of thing it's like all right yes i understand just accept it yeah and uh, and along these same lines did you see this past weekend there was the um the female kicker for jackson state and then everybody made a big deal about this it was last weekend, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She she did the 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 opening kickoff because both their kickers got hurt. Their kicker and punter got hurt. Well, she's really? from the soccer soccer team too. She's from the oh. soccer team. Yeah. She just was recovering from ACL uh, uh, surgery. Had a big they did knee her brace on. Dirty. Yeah. Yeah. Total virtual sig- signaling. Um, she kicks off. It goes like twenty three yards, and the announcers are like. Oh, it's a short kick. No, can you imagine if a regular kicker kicked a damn kickoff twenty three yards? What they would say? Did wait? Did it even go twenty three? It was twenty three yards. Wait, wait, but she was injured. Yeah, she she had a huge leg brace on. She wasn't. She wasn't injured. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, they did her dirty. (laughs) They did her dirty. Yes, but she was not injured. the The standard kicker and the punter got injured. Yes. Okay. And and so she was she was on the the team as a replacement kicker, but she was she she was still recovering from ACL surgery. I don't know how recent, but she did have a full a full knee brace on her on her kicking leg. And that's the person you choose to kick, right? right. So that's my point. Is I bet you that any number of other players on that on that team could have outkicked that girl. And but that was her position, I guess. She's in the position already. Well. But not just that. What what what's the better story? Yeah. Are, are we talking yeah. about this right now on a triathlon podcast? <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> going to. <laughs> but so that's my point. Is and the coach acknowledged that basically they had her kick and then run back. Yeah. Right to protect her. Yeah. Can you have? Because uh, uh, I don't know enough. Can you have any player play any position? Yes. Yes. 
Okay. Yeah, because so, they have like usually the um because uh, like you have the, designated the, the, hitters in baseball, right? That that's their job. They can stay on the team, but in football, you can out of nowhere have your you want. Yeah, your running back. I mean, I know they do that, but uh, any position can now just step in and play the. You could have your left tackle play running back if you wanted to. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know yeah. if they, in that case, like a punter or a kicker, that they could just matter. say yeah. the center yeah. is now going to kick the ball for us. Yeah, which would be amazing. They, they should have the center kick the ball. <laughs> they've had it before where like a wide receiver comes in and, and punts the ball or whatever, or yeah. a quarterback goes in and punts the ball because, you know, the, the punter's hurt or whatever it may be. Yeah. So, no, they, they was, had multiple better options, but yeah. it's not a story. I just, I also want to point out, I, I want to guarantee she would have kicked that ball way better if she wasn't in this huge Don Joy knee brace that she could hardly walk in. Um, it was, I, I'm watching this and I'm going, this is so like, again, I, I don't think she's better than the male kicker probably, but like, this is really rough to watch. She can hardly take her approach to the ball and they're making her kick. I, yeah. I would be, I, I would be pissed if I was her to the ball, right? Yeah. Like, Oh, this is my debut. Sweet. Thanks. Really appreciate this. So, but yeah, I, I know what you're saying, Tony. I just don't think, and this could be another controversial topic. I don't think, <laughs> a, a, any college female should be on the football field. Uh, mm. yeah. I mean, I, 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 having, played on a high school team where we had a female kicker and they got her involved in like actual drills. And it was one of the most uncomfortable things of my life. Yeah. It's, it's, and that's, at the, that's at the high school level. Whereas right. now right. you have basically young men on this field, right? Yeah. These are huge, huge people. Yeah. And she, yeah. you know, most women are going to be, we'll call it five, seven, five, eight to be on the, you know, to be generous, um, may, maybe 150 pounds. And he, these, these guys are coming at her fast. I mean, yeah, but it, she has every right is, to be there if she makes it. Does she not? I mean, it's, is it our, 100%. Is it wait, wait, wait. our do wait, wait. we get to say if, she doesn't? No, 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 no. 100% can be there if she makes it. Let's stop lowering the standards and lowering the bar. You think it, you think it, some guy kicks twenty three yards and he's going to make the fucking team as a kicker? Get out of here! Depends <laughs> on how bad here. they are. <laughs> well, I just watched a female. I don't know what it was on because maybe it came up because of this. But she was uh, they were she was kicking field goals and she was kicking it yeah. field goals. Yeah, yeah. I think she kicked yeah. a fifty or or further. Yeah, she, it was just like yeah. It, it's all it's all it's all okay it's all fun and games until someone gets un, hurt until she gets fucking crushed by a 300 pound yeah. <laughs> dude it, it is weird the field goal like kicker or punter is a weird position right because if you you're if so you watch, vulnerable well you watch it in college football or the nfl like you look at kickers and like those are professional athletes technically speaking and it's like well you don't want to see them try to take on a punt returner or take on a block or anything right so then you do that with a much smaller female at a kicking position. Like if they were trying to play, I don't know, linebacker or wide receiver or something, you're like, okay, they're intending to get hit. They know what's going to happen. It's, it's probably a lot less of a problem. But if it's like a kicker who is avoiding all contact, like, yeah, I'd have told her to run her ass off the field too. Like she plays soccer and has never taken a hit before. Like, no, 
I'm not having this this brain trauma on my my watch, like yeah. not happening. Completely agree. But yeah. also, again, that kicker's your last line of defense. A lot of times, they're saving touchdowns, right? Like how many how many highlights have you seen of a kicker, you know, just straight laying somebody out? Uh, a lot, a lot less than I have seen them get run over. Yeah, I've seen the Correct. kicker get but destroyed. I'm saying, yeah, a, a lot of, a lot of time. Who is that kicker who is known for laying out uh, the uh, returners? Not oh, Vinatieri. He was a big uh, guy, right? Janikowski yeah. used to do it. Yeah, yeah guy used to do Janikowski. it. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they would like live for that shit. Like yeah. they were just like, oh, they'd yeah, square yeah. up and just. I love that. Whereas you know most kickers are diving at ankles trying to like shoelace tackle, but. Yeah, but well, so, I think so. Again, if if that's your last line of defense, is this five seven girl? Like, can you imagine? Like, you have this this dude just barreling down on her. At I that mean, point, only, if you if you're that returner, do you just aim for her at that point? I mean, the only saving grace is that <laughs> you <it's>, do. <laughs> yeah. You, I, I probably heartless. would to prove a point. <laughs> <laughs> the only saving grace is that it was you know an HBCU game, so. It's not like the elite of the elite, right? What are you so, trying to say? I'm, what do you mean, I'm you say, people? <laughs> I'm saying I'm saying Dion took every good player from Jackson State over the Boulder. <laughs> yeah, that's so. True. So yeah. that's why they're they're playing with girls now. I, yeah, I don't know. That should it's, be a meme. It is weird. It, it was weird, right? I was seeing Jackson's not to get on a football topic. I was just seeing, <laughs> we have just gone way off the rails. Right. But you saw Jackson State, and you're like, man, they were they were like showing up to games and like really scaring like some major opponents and then Dion just took every player that he recruited with him and they're just you know yeah. back to Jackson State so well in Colorado had a, in Colorado had a good run and now it's over as well bring us back Chris bring us back <laughs> I, I, yeah. went, I went that route because the whole <laughs> women in male sports or professions and that's that is one of the worst possible uh we were supposed to have these topics until we had of we couldn't have these topics unless we had a female on the podcast you realize yeah, i was gonna that, say right? it's enough of these three <laughs> three white straight males talking about this tony's not white tony's not white <laughs> what or Tony straight pretty white how, how dare you mis <laughs> misidentify me <laughs> don't put no labels on me yeah <laughs> just because his last name is messias doesn't mean anything yeah. oh my god there is a uh, you guys know who Bill Maher is? One more sidebar. Uh, he yeah. is my favorite comedian. I, I love that guy. So he's got a new movie on Netflix coming out, right? And at the very end, uh, there's there's two guys and they're being... It's like they're in a conference room and they're being um, disciplined by, you know, what is, you know, of course the two white males are leading the conversation. And then the camera prints over and, and you know, Bill Maher's like, isn't that a white male who's calling us out for leading the conversation. He's taking it. I was like, Oh, I can't wait till this movie comes out. So. Yeah. All right. Well, Chris, get, find a female guest that's willing to have these <sighs> open discussions. I will. I and, will. And we'll go from there. All right. But we have to well, have somebody that disagrees this... with us. We can't have somebody that agrees with us. <laughs> well, and I, I don't want to be in an echo chamber. I, I, for sure. I'm, I'm yes. one that loves listening to the other side the debate. And, and having an educated debate with somebody. And not necessarily a debate because I feel like that's just trying to, you're trying to reinforce your point. A conversation. But a, a conversation and that yes. back and forth dialogue and trying to understand like the other side while trying to make them understand like my viewpoint and, and, and the side of one, like so many situations could be inherently dangerous for females and two in this, the, the strive to be e, e, to, to strive to, to create equality in, in 
some of these races for females, you're actually creating inequality to the male side. Well, I will say it is a debate and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's not an argument. I think that's the thing that people misconstrue, right? Debates are okay to have. It's healthy conversation to have and you're okay. It's okay to have disagreements, but this isn't an argument. We're not trying to shout at anybody and say, no, we're better or something like that. Right. But yeah, to your point, uh, we don't want to have an echo chamber because I think on the vast majority of things, we, the three of us agree on a lot of stuff. So a lot more than we disagree on. So it would be great to have somebody who disagrees with us. And if they want to come and shout, that's fine too. I guess I don't really care. I probably just won't ever talk to him again. <laughs> you could have the, the complete opposite opinion of me, but as soon as you're an asshole, I'll probably avoid that altogether. Well, it was great having our final podcast today. I mean, this was fun. <laughs> well, you guys can find us on Rockfin next week. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, yeah, so all, you, all you blue hairs, send your emails in. Oh my goodness. Yes. No, we, I, I think we've got some guests that can come on and, and have the conversation. Yeah, that'd be great. Be All right, boys. I think that's it. Can we thank Again. our listeners? Thank you for making it through to the end of this podcast. All hate mail to Tony at ocendurance.com yeah, and yeah. all questions to podcast at ocendurance.com. <laughs> They're going to get you more pissed off when they get, when they get a rejection. It's going to get denied. Bounce back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. All right, guys. Yeah. Talk to you next week. Have a good See one. See you.